there, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Today I'm going to be talking about my study abroad experience. I studied abroad in undergrad, I that was about two years ago. I studied abroad in January of 2018 and I spent three and a half insane and incredible weeks in South Africa and Namibia. The reason I'm making this video, and I'll get into this more as we go, is for most of the time that I was abroad, I was actually really, really miserable. That's something that's been really hard for me to talk about because I feel like when I've talked to other friends who've studied abroad or other classmates or other people who've studied abroad in different programs, they have nothing but amazing things to say about their experience and they just gush about how wonderful it was and how they wish they could go back and it was so perfect and amazing. And sure, there was a lot of really amazing parts of my study abroad experience and I'll get into that too, but when I think back about my experience, I don't think back about it all that positively. I don't regret going, certainly, but it definitely wasn't the experience that I thought I was going to have, and it was pretty disappointing when I started thinking about my experience after the fact and realizing that I didn't really have all that good of a time some of the time I was there. So to set the scene, I studied abroad for three and a half weeks in South Africa and Namibia, and the course was sponsored by St. Kate's and the course is called Global Search for Justice, Dismantling Racism in South Africa and Namibia. Now the Global Search for Justice is a course that every student at my university, St. Kate's, takes before graduation. You're either a junior or a senior when you take it. And it basically focuses on social justice in a broader and more global sense. So some of the courses focus on environmental justice, some of them focus on women's health. This particular class focused on dismantling racism and issues of race. And we spent a beautiful three and a half weeks in South Africa and Namibia. And I'm just gonna show if you're watching this video, great. If not, I'll leave a link down below with a map. But with my hands, I usually like to point out to people where South Africa and Namibia are, just so that people can get a better picture in their head. And there's also part of that is me intentionally removing this idea of, oh, I went to Africa. Well, Africa is a continent with like a billion countries. So it's really not accurate to say that I went to Africa because I went to two specific countries in the African continent. So if my hand, I'm holding it up here, is Africa here, this is the Atlantic Ocean, and the U.S. is somewhere over here, then this is South Africa down here. It's a pretty big-sized country. It's, I think, the biggest country in Africa. I'll, I'll leave the statistic on the screen if I've got that wrong. And then right up here next to it is Namibia. Namibia is on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. And so our trip started by us flying. There were 20 students in this class and two professors from St. Kate's. And we flew from Minnesota to Johannesburg, South Africa, where we stayed for, I think, about a week. From Johannesburg, we flew to Vintuk, Namibia, which is the capital city of Namibia. And we spent another several days there before going to the coast of Namibia in Swakamoon, which is a beautiful little coastal city. And from Swakamoon we went back to Vintuk, and then from Vintuk we went to Cape Town, South Africa, before flying home. And all along the way, remember the theme of the course was dismantling racism in South Africa and Namibia, so we were learning a lot about the apartheid and the slave trade, and we talked about Nelson Mandela, and we talked about so many 
different issues relating to race and class and race and gender and race and sexuality and we went, went to museums, we went to historical monuments, we did a lot of walking tours, we had a lot of speakers come and speak to us and it was overall an incredible learning experience. I think that's the biggest thing I've gotten out of the fact that I went on the trip was I learned so much more than I ever thought I would. And I, this is gonna sound a little funny, but I learned so much more than I thought there even was to know. I'm able to think back about my study abroad experience. It's been two years, like I said, and I think that distance from the trip has given me a lot of time to reflect on myself and reflect on my experience, and it's a lot easier to talk about now than it used to be. But I think I've sort of been able to narrow down why my experience was the way it was, and I'm going to kind of go through some of that. So. I think any one of these things would have been a challenge to navigate and certainly would have made the trip a little uncomfortable, but I think the combination of everything was what really hit hard for me. It was probably about three days into the trip when I realized that I was crying like all the time. I would like put in my contacts and then wear sunglasses over it to like hide it from everybody, but I was so overwhelmed and emotional and I don't think I've ever had it like a panic attack in the like stereotypical like curl up in a ball on the floor and hyperventilate, but I would just have these moments of such overwhelming anxiety and I would be like crying and trying to hide it and I wouldn't be able to think and I wouldn't be able to process and it was happening like every single day and that was really really tough to deal with and I actually ended up emailing my therapist at the time asking her like what was going on and like what could I do and she emailed me back and she told me a couple of things and one was that we as humans sort of rely on basic necessities to help us create our emotional cushion and these necessities essentially are among other things sleep and food and these were two things that I was really struggling with on the trip um, I was super super jet-lagged for the first several days obviously South Africa is in a different time zone than Minnesota and it was very difficult to be awake when I was supposed to be sleeping and then finally fall asleep only to have to wake up a few hours later and then on top of that it was just difficult to settle down at night and difficult to get myself in a headspace to sleep and I had a lot of other anxiety and anxious thoughts that were keeping me up a lot of the nights I was there and so I wasn't sleeping well and so I was losing that emotional cushion that sleep would have provided me to be able to deal with difficult situations. Another piece of my emotional cushion that I had lost was food. And I've mentioned this a few times on the channel, but I am a vegetarian. And I've been a vegetarian for I think three or four years now and I really enjoy it. I enjoy the food I get to eat. I love trying new foods. I like the way I feel now that I'm a vegetarian and it's a choice I'm pretty proud of. And I've sort of struggled with this thinking back on the trip, but being vegetarian is kind of a privileged experience, especially like being able to choose to eat a certain way because you have the resources to do so. And not every place is as familiar with vegetarianism as America is, and especially in South Africa and Namibia, they were not very familiar with what being a vegetarian is or what foods vegetarians eat. And so I sort of struggled throughout the trip to navigate finding enough food and finding adequate food for me. 
because a lot of the times we were staying in a lot of guest houses where they'd have one or two women who worked in the kitchen who'd be making our meals for us and they would know that someone on the trip, me, was a vegetarian, but they wouldn't know what to make me, so instead of making me an alternative food, they would just skip that. So if we were having chicken and rice and vegetables, they would point to the rice and vegetables and tell me that that was the vegetarian food. And so I wasn't eating very well. I was doing my absolute best to try new foods, to eat enough quantity of food, but I was really struggling with just not having foods that I was used to and not having foods that were filling me up and making me satisfied, physically appetite satisfied, but then also food is like really emotional and it was hard to be surrounded by so many unfamiliar foods and then to be surrounded by food in a way that I didn't have control over. And so that combined with the lack of sleep were two huge things that made dealing with other emotional things very challenging. And I'm really glad that my therapist at the time was able to reach out to me over email and that she answered my questions and having her like kind of validate how I was feeling by explaining why I was feeling that way was really helpful. Another piece of all of this that again would have been challenging to deal with on its own but combined with everything else really made it an extra thing that I had to find ways to overcome was the fact that I know myself as a traveler when I'm in new places I am not a huge go-getter. I love trying new things, I love going new places, I love exploring, but I also really value my downtime and I enjoy getting to relax and regroup and be alone. And obviously I knew that this was a study abroad class, we weren't on vacation, we had a few free days, but our purpose of being there was to learn and experience. And the schedule set for the trip of what we were going to be doing each day was really intense. We had things on the itinerary every day, we had meals served at specific times, we had places we were going, people we were going to meet who were going to speak to us, we had flights, we flew a new place almost every four or five days or we drove to a new place, so that was a lot of having to settle into a new place and then three days later pack up your suitcase, go to the airport, go through security, get on the plane, fly, which is an exhausting experience, and then go to a new place, settle in, and start all over again. And our days were very busy on purpose because we had a lot to learn and only limited time there, but because we didn't have a ton of downtime and a ton of alone time and a ton of quiet time, I was having a hard time recharging my already drained emotional batteries and so that was kind of contributing to the overwhelm and how miserable I was feeling. I think a final thing that I really had to work on on the trip that I was challenged with and struggled with was the fact that I've had a lot of experiences growing up throughout my life where I've been excluded or rejected or felt like an outcast or felt like I wasn't part of the group and that's something that I work on continuously with myself. I work on it in therapy. I'm like overcoming a lot of things because of things that happened when I was younger, things that have happened in recent years. And I don't really want to talk a ton about that here on the podcast, but because I've had experiences being excluded, I tend to be a little extra sensitive to it now. Whether or not it's happening, if I perceive it's happening, it's really hard for me to manage. And something about being on the trip was that there were 20 of us students from St. Kate's and a lot of the students already knew each other and were already friends. And so as we sort of settled into the routine of the trip, a lot of the girls started kind of settling into groups of friends. And often it felt like I didn't really have a group of people. It would come down to things like we're going to a guest house and there are four beds per room so everybody has to make groups of four. 
and I would just be sort of wondering, well, is anyone going to invite me to be in that group? Is anyone going to include me? And then those thoughts would turn into who's going to end up stuck with me because obviously no one wants to be with me, which would have been challenging to deal with again on its own, but with the combination of everything else, I was just so emotional about everything. I really didn't, I was like a toddler who'd missed nap time. I was so emotional about everything and it was so difficult for me to navigate all of that. And I'm not saying the girls on the trip were purposefully excluding me at all, but there were a lot of moments when I could tell that they'd already settled into their friend groups and that I was not a part of that. And that, that stung, that stung a lot. On the flip side of that though, I feel like one of the best parts of the trip was that I did make a really good friend. Um, she and I started the trip being acquaintances. We had had a few classes together, but we didn't really know each other. And we ended the trip like being really good friends and talking and, you know, we're in different cities now because of grad schools, but I'm so glad that she and I met and got to know each other and that we were there for each other on the trip because she was also experiencing some of the same feelings of rejection that I was and we actually talked about it and then had a really good conversation about it. And through the trip, as we sort of realized that that's how we were both feeling, we decided we were going to stick together and we were going to be friends with each other. And so we ended up having a really nice time. We would, you know, go on adventures together and sit next to each other in the van. And that was really cool. And I am so glad that she and I are friends. And I think going on the trip together is really what cemented that friendship for us. Of all the moments on the trip that were great and all the moments that were challenging, there's one particular memory that I've been... I guess struggling to share with people and struggling to feel like it's okay that I had that experience because it really did impact me quite a bit. Honestly, this podcast has been as much about me challenging myself as it is about challenging you guys and me growing as a person myself and as a student myself as much as it is about challenging you guys to grow as students and as people. So that's why I'm making this video and that's why I really want to share this particular story with you guys because... I'm learning how to be vulnerable and I'm learning how to validate my own experiences. So like I said before, I am a vegetarian and I've been a vegetarian for a while now, but something that this trip really changed for me was that I used to be a pescatarian. I used to eat fish and shellfish. And when we started the trip, I used to eat fish and shellfish, but this one particular day on the trip was what changed that for me and I really have not been able to eat or enjoy fish since then. And on this particular day, we were in Swakamoon, Namibia, and we were going to speak to the manager of a fish manufacturing place um, to talk about issues relating to race and work and workers' rights in Namibia. It was set to be a pretty interesting day. We had a lot of things going on later in the day as well, but this was sort of what was starting the day for us. So we arrived to the fish manufacturing place. Obviously, it smelled like fish. And the smell of fish never used to bother me, but on this particular day, because I had no emotional cushion, because I had no sleep reserves, I hadn't been eating well, I wasn't feeling well at all, the smell of fish was really getting to me, and it was very nauseating, and I was trying to like inhale and get used to it, but I would, every time I smelled it too much or I inhaled too deeply, I would just gag. That was tough, and part of our experience at this particular place included a tour of the fish plant where they would take fish and then prepare it and process it and make it ready for the grocery store. And so we go into the factory, the fish smell is still there, still strong, still really bothering me, and we get all gowned up and ready to go 
in, we put booties over our shoes and we had to put our hair up in hair nets and wear these like big lab coats. And by the time we got all gowned up and ready to go, I was feeling terrible. And all I wanted to do was get out of there. All I wanted to do was leave. I was so uncomfortable. And we started the tour and I was like seeing the cut up fish that the workers were dealing with and smelling it. And I honestly don't remember it very well. I definitely went into like a full-blown anxiety attack of some kind. I thought I was going to throw up. I felt so terrible. I thought I was going to faint. I like couldn't process what people were saying to me. I wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't really seeing anything. I think one of the other girls like literally had to like take my arm and lead me through the tour because I was just so overwhelmed and disoriented and uncomfortable that it was just not a good experience for me at all. And I still to this day, I can't really smell raw fish or fishy smells. I've had, I've eaten fish maybe once or twice since then. And I just, it was not pleasant. It was not appetizing to me whatsoever. And I still get really uncomfortable, like thinking about that trip to the fishery or experiencing that trip. And people have teased me for it. And people have told me I'm overreacting and being silly and well, rude, first of all, if you've done that. I hope you know who you are, but <laughs> that particular moment on the trip, of all the moments on the trip that were overwhelming and miserable, was definitely the rock bottom for me. It has been hard for me to talk about my experience, like I said before, because so many other people who have studied abroad that I've talked to have had nothing but positive things to say about their study abroad. They, it was perfect, it was amazing, they learned so much, they wish they could go back. And that's just not the way I feel. And I don't regret studying abroad. I acknowledge that there were a lot of good moments and memories, and I'm glad I did go, and I definitely, definitely don't regret it at all. But there's also a lot of negativity attached to these memories for me, and that's kind of tough. But I did want to talk about some of the high points of the trip and some of the best things about it. And definitely, like I already said, one of the best parts of the trip was getting to know my friend Jackie. I am so glad that she and I went on, the, went on the trip together. I'm really glad that we got to know each other and spend time together, and I think my experience on the trip would have been a lot worse if she hadn't been there with me. And one of the best memories I have from the trip is on uh, the free day we had in Cape Town, and she and I ended up going off by ourselves and we took a tourist bus around Cape Town um, and it just kind of looped around and it stopped at a bunch of different places. So we rode it and we would get off and get back on. And that was so, so much fun. We went to the Botanical Gardens, whose name I'm forgetting, I'll leave it below. We went to the beach, we got tasty food, we set timers on our phone so that we would reapply sunscreen every 75 minutes. <laughs> we still got burned, but we tried. And that day kind of stands out to me as one of the best memories of the trip, and it was just really fun. It was very relaxing. We got to set our own pace. We got to just do fun things for the heck of it without having a schedule, and it was really enjoyable. I also really, really loved, and I know I already said that I didn't like it, but food was challenging for me, but there were also so many opportunities to try really amazing food. We got to go to some really neat restaurants and the women who cooked in the guest houses for us were really good cooks and we went to, we had Malaysian food, we had different types of South African and other African cuisine, we had pizza. <laughs> um, and one of the foods that really stands out to me on the trip is that uh, we were in 
One of the foods that stands out to me most on the trip is we were in Vintook, Namibia at the guest house and we were I think nine or ten days into the trip at that point and some of the girls on the trip knew that I'd been really struggling with the food on the trip and I'd mentioned more than once to a few of them that I just really really wanted a grilled cheese. I love grilled cheese sandwiches and they're definitely a comfort food for me and I think I was just really wanting something familiar and so one of them told the women who make who made our meals that I wanted a grilled cheese and they approached me a couple of hours before dinner time one night and asked me to show them how to make grilled cheese so that they could make it for me and it was just it was so sweet and I went to the kitchen with them and I talked them through the butter and the bread and the cheese and how to flip it over and that was probably one of the best grilled cheeses I think I have ever had it was so so good and such a nice special comfort food and surprise for me at that point in the trip. Something that really kept me going throughout the trip was that I was blogging every day. I decided I wanted to write a blog post every day I was there. And this was back on my old blog, Cute College Cook, for those of you who are my, my OG fans who've been following me for a while. And this was an opportunity for me to intentionally engage. There were a lot of moments when I was really overwhelmed and it was very easy to kind of retreat back into my mind and not really pay attention to the world around me. But writing these blogs every day kind of forced me to want to pay attention, to remember where we were going, what we were learning, and writing the blogs gave me a chance to reflect on what we'd learned and how I was experiencing the trip. And yes, I wasn't altogether honest in those blogs about how I was feeling. Uh, the blogs are pretty upbeat, even though I was feeling not so upbeat. But it was nice to write the blogs, it gave me something to do. And then after the trip, I was able to go back and read about what we had done on the different days and remember different things and then also remember how I was feeling as we were doing the different things and give me a chance to kind of decompress, debrief, reflect on it after the fact. If I can find those blog posts, I'll link them below if you're interested in reading those. Something else that really helped me through the trip was that my husband Paul, who at the time was my boyfriend, we weren't even engaged yet, but we were eight hours apart and it was hard for us to communicate because I didn't have Wi-Fi everywhere we went and we were obviously on completely different schedules so he would write me an email at the end of every day, the end of his day which was the beginning of my day so as he was going to bed he'd write me an email and send me cute pictures or jokes or just talk about what he had done that day and then I would get to wake up and read that email every day and it was really special and definitely gave me something to look forward to and help me start the day a little bit more positively each day. So Paul gets extra special husband points for doing that. Another cool special thing on the trip was that about a week into the trip when we were in Johannesburg, we were paired up in our class and then each assigned to a host family. So we were sent to spend a long weekend with a South African family. And that was really cool and Jackie and I were paired up for that so we went to spend the weekend with the family. They were so wonderful and fun and I'm still Facebook friends with my host sister who was absolutely lovely. And we got to cook with them, we got to kind of just experience a normal weekend with them. And it was definitely one of the best parts of the trip to get to meet a South African family and spend a weekend with them and get to know them. And I'm glad it happened at the beginning of the trip because it definitely helped to ease a lot of the anxiety I was feeling about different aspects of being in South Africa that I honestly can't remember. But it was really, really fun to get to know my host family and get to spend that time with them while we were in South Africa. 
One of the biggest takeaways I have from the trip is related to what we actually learned. Like I said, the course was called Global Search for Justice, Dismantling Racism in South Africa and Namibia. As a white woman, I have a lot of privilege, and especially as a well-educated, Christian, straight, cisgender, white, well-educated woman, I have heaps and heaps of privilege. And race and critical studies of race and ethnicity wasn't something I was super familiar with going into the trip. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to have gone on the trip and to have learned about so many different intersections of race and ethnicity and, you know, gender and all of these other issues. And to get to experience a world that was so much bigger than the world I knew, I had never been abroad before this trip. So I think being able to really, really see that the world is so much bigger and more complex was really special. And I definitely, since the trip, have been a lot more thoughtful about issues about race and privilege. And it's something I'm still continuing to work on and continuing to humble myself as I learn more and more and more. And I think the trip was definitely a really effective teaching tool in that way because I don't think I would have learned as much had it just been a class that I sat in a classroom in a lecture hall three times a week. So that was really special to me. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times before, but there is a really wonderful TED talk by a Nigerian author, and I will link it below, that talks about the danger of the single story. I feel like a lot of the people in my life who haven't studied abroad and especially who haven't been to Africa and aren't familiar with Africa as a continent, don't have a good picture of what Africa really is. And, you know, I as a white American don't have a much better picture of what that is, but I think the danger of the single story paired with having actually gone to two countries in the continent of Africa is helping me to be a lot more aware of, this is a big place. This is a crazy, complex, place. This is a beautiful place. And it's so much more than the way it's portrayed in movies and on TV and in the media with the poor starving children ads. And it was funny because we were there and we were staying in houses with electricity and riding in cars and there was running water and it was safe and people at home didn't understand why I was going. They were like, oh, are you going on like a mission trip? Are you like building a school or whatever? And I'd be like, no, this is a class. I'm a student, I'm learning. And I'd have to say, no, we stayed in houses and we drank the water and we had pizza. And it's funny because I think before I'd went on the trip, I had a lot of these like single stories of the poor barren desert version of Africa that we see on TV. And now I'm so much more intentional to say, these are the countries I went to. This is where I was. It was big and beautiful, and I only got a little tiny taste of just how amazing it is. And I'm also definitely more intentional about correcting people when they say Africa generally. I'll ask, oh, where in Africa? What country? What do you mean? What language? And I think it's challenging, for sure, but definitely something I'm working on being so much more intentional about because I studied abroad and because that's something that really impacted me about my experience. In terms of being practical, there are so many different options for studying abroad for students who want to do that. And despite my experience, I think that I would study abroad again if I had the chance and it made sense financially and with my schedule and everything. And I think having this past experience that was more negative, I learned a lot about myself and the way I travel and the way I handle difficult situations. And I think I'd be able to go into another study abroad experience and have a more enjoyable time because I've learned a lot about myself and the way I handle these things. 
and there are different study abroad options for any student in any program. There are semester and year-long programs, there are summer programs, there are programs like mine where you just go for a few weeks and you take one class. There are study abroad programs that are built into regular curriculum, so like you might take a class over a whole semester and study abroad only over spring break. For example. So definitely if you want to study abroad, I'd encourage you to find those opportunities and seek those opportunities out. I've had to do so much work on myself to be able to say this out loud, but my study abroad experience is my experience and I have nothing to be ashamed of just because my experience wasn't as positive as other people's experiences have seemed and because it wasn't as positive as I wanted it to be, I still have nothing to be ashamed of because my experience is my experience and that is valid. And you, whoever you are, your experience is valid no matter how you experienced it and you have no reason to feel shame either. I hope you've enjoyed this video. I had a lot of fun making it for you. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform, definitely go ahead and subscribe. Leave me a five-star review and a rating if you're able. If you're watching on YouTube, definitely subscribe to my channel. Leave me a thumbs up and leave me a comment. Let me know. Have you studied abroad? Where did you go? definitely go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'll see you Saturday with a vlog, and I'll see you next Wednesday with another podcast. Until next time, I'll see you soon.